This program is presented by University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating for us in iTunes. The main aim of our project is really, broadly speaking, to improve access to specialty care, to improve the care coordination between primary care and specialists, and to improve uh, the total value of care we deliver. I'm going to give you a very quick synopsis so you get a feel for the intervention, and then Terry and Karen have asked us to talk about the, the barriers we're facing and to describe how we're managing that. So I'm going to skip past what usually takes up my whole talk very quickly. I hope, you'll, I hope that'll be all right. So I'm going to start with the familiar standard referral process, which looks like this, where the PCP submits a typically very succinct reason for referral in what accounts, it looks more like an administrative act than an act of communication between doctors. Previously on paper, now through the EHR, the PCP might write one or two words and send this thing off. Ralph Gonzalez and I uh, got excited about in implementing a non-face-to-face, asynchronous e-consult system at UCSF a couple years ago and quickly realized that the, the quality of the referrals we were sending were not quite there yet in order to, to broach that. So we set out first as a foundation to improve the quality of all standard referrals uh, for office visits in our medicine subspecialties. And we, we built a set of structured templates that were designed to address known deficiencies in, in referrals and care coordination. Uh, it, it, just to briefly describe what you'll see, they, they include some decision support, they describe the relevant data that should be uh, included and studies that should be performed prior to referral. They package that data together, they ask the PCP for a clear clinical question, and they ask the PCP to posit his or her expectation with regard to co-management. Then, subsequently, we turned on an e-consult option in which the PCP can elect, using that same structured referral that's now familiar, that same template, can elect to send an e-consult to a specialist for a problem that they deem to be you know, data-oriented and not uh, in need of a physical examination to, to render some, some advice. And the specialist typically sends that back to the PCP directly. If the specialist feels it's too complex or otherwise not suited to e-consult, the specialist can elect to see the patient in the office. We have a three business day turnaround expectation, and we reimburse specialists and PCPs for this work. So very quick at UCSF, we saw a decrease in overall referral rate to the specialties engaged in the, in the intervention. Um, about 10% of referrals on average across those specialties are now placed using e-consult. Um, we've seen a decrease in specialty care utilization and a decrease in ED utilization and cost. So this year, beginning in, in February with UCSD and rolling out subsequently at other campuses, we've embarked on the project of disseminating this intervention and working with partners at those other sites to implement this process, which turns out, as you'll not be surprised, to be complicated. So I was running through the challenges that I might talk about, because that, that was our directive. So, data acquisition, that was an obvious one. And we've actually had some luck here, and it's not so interesting, so we'll skip that. 
The, a big one, and I'm, I, I'm just going to put this out there because I suspect that some of you will be wondering this, and I'll welcome you to come and find me after, but what comes up a lot is ROI, what I call the ROI to whom problem, right? So great, you reduce specialty referrals from primary care to specialty care. That's hugely disruptive, and a lot of people, depending on their perspective, have concerns about the business implications of that. There's your sort of predictable skepticism about non-face-to-face -face care. And the one I'm going to talk about is what I call the can't we just use e-consult problem. So you remember when I showed you that model that we began by revamping our standard referral order. And the, uh, the, the many who have seen this intervention or have you know, thought hard about how they're going to do it at their own site, an early question is, could we just do the e-consult part? Why, why address the whole picture? This is to give you an idea of, the, of, of what we're asking, the, the monolithic task we're asking these guys to take on. This is a picture of a template, and I chose a big ugly one to make a point, but this is a picture of a template that we use for our structural referrals. And with all respect to our esteemed guest from Epic, can you imagine showing this to a PCP, right, and saying, this is now your new interface for placing a referral, right? It's, it's, it's anathema. It's a really big ask. Now, in fairness to our intervention, this is all pre-populated, and in fact, there's just a couple choices for the PCP to make, and it asks for a clinical question. But it's still a tough sell, and so the question comes up as to, as to why. So when we explored the process, as I alluded to, we heard early on that this would be challenging based on our current referral uh, uh, standards, and we learned a lot about the relationship and the, the, the assumptions that specialists and PCPs had, so I want to share a couple things that we heard early on. So here's a, here's a many patients leave the first visit as a specialist, very unhappy. When a patient has waited three months to see me and I say, I can't make an assessment without X and Y piece of data, you're going to need to wait and come back and see me again, it's really upsetting. And I think anyone clinical in this room has seen that from one side or the other. That's a common occurrence, is that the right data was not available on that first specialty visit. The visit turns into two visits, which takes up extra visit slots, hurts access, and is just really frustrating for a patient. So some patients referred to nephrology should have gone to urology. That's an easy one. There ought to be a solution to that. We need to be alerted via pager if a patient has a rising creatinine and uh, hematuria or proteinuria. I love this because I always tell the story, this happened to me in the same day. One group of specialists said, you don't titrate the, I'll call out the cardiologist. It was cardiologists. They said, you, you, don't, titrate, you don't treat the blood pressure aggressively enough and the, the, the lipids aggressively enough, so we don't quite trust you to manage these conditions. And the endocrinologist on the same day said, I can't believe the PCP changed my medicine. So, how are we to know? These are completely opaque in the current care coordination dynamic. So these things are servicing in the, in the effort to start to build an e-consult system. These bigger picture questions and needs and problems are surfacing. And they lead to this conclude, you know, one of the conclusions they lead to is the, 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 the percentage of people, the percentage of questions I'm going to be able to answer as a specialist via e-consult, this is to a person in, who, who's just, for whom the idea is new, is going to be very small. That's a typical assumption. You talk to PCPs, 
and they have, this, this is not to generalize, there's a huge range of co-management relationships, but to put a couple of ideas out there. So sometimes people go to cardiology twice a year, and it doesn't add a lot more than what I would have been doing if I had been seeing the patient. So, and another person deemed this perennial follow-up. So there's kind of a reflex to keep seeing someone. And you all know there are patients who collect specialists until they have eight or nine or 10 that they see two or three or four times a year, and it's like a part-time job. And as a PCP, reading all those notes and coordinating that care is no joke. So here's a, here's a nice one. It's impossible for most patients to envision the realities of care coordination. More specialty care might not be better. The worst is when we're working at odds. So what I feel like the, the essential message I want to convey here is that the, the process of implementing this seemingly straightforward, often presumably more technological than cultural innovation of non-face-to-face -face care, that process, those discussions, in many ways, is an intervention that I think has had a lot of impact at UCSF. And I think it's an important core component of what we're implementing, we're trying to implement elsewhere. So bringing PCPs and specialists together will in inevitably unearth these kind of deficiencies, and you need a place to put them. You need a concrete where the rubber hits the road place to say, we have a solution to that problem too. It's part of our intervention. And that's what we found to be um, powerful about these structured referrals and about addressing the entire referral process. So here's a really basic example. The structured referral for rising creatinine says, if the patient has a rapid rising creatinine, hematuria, or new worsening proteinuria, please page Dr. Lowe. And by the way, I changed Dr. Lowe's pager, so don't page him with your <laughs> nephrology questions. But this is actually, this is a value. PCPs want to get that message. They may be uncomfortable paging a, an attending in nephrology, and it's certainly convenient to have the pager confront you right there and have a clear directive that you should alert nephrology and they want to know. We ask, what is your care coordination expectation with this referral? And we distilled it down to just three straightforward choices. One of them says consultation only, i.e. recommendations and return to primary care. So the PCP is saying, I, I, I just need a, a input on one question and I would like to reown this problem. You can imagine, if that's not stated, the unfolding of follow-up visits that may occur and the amount of utilization that that is and the amount of visits that that takes up, which then hurts access for other new patients coming into the clinic. And r remarkably, ha I think, Half of referrals that we now see going to all of our uh, medicine subspecialists elect that first option. I don't think anyone on, on either side probably would have predicted that it would be that high. So we're charged with engaging PCPs, really. There are, the, the, there are many stakeholders in this intervention, but the PCP is, is taking on some extra work. And I think it's under a minute to place one of these referrals, but you saw it's, it, it looks initially a little bit frightening, and you can, you can imagine the, the um, obstacles that our teams on the ground are going to run into. So my first is just an ask to everyone in the room who has influence in those settings to bear this in mind, and that to take this intervention as a chance to address the larger question of primary care, specialty care relationships. There are some sort of core principles of how to make this relationship work, um, including listening first to PCPs about what are your experiences with primary care specialty care. Um, 
I think that some of these more humanizing stories and patient-centered stories are the way to get past a lot of the mistrust and, and sometimes even ill feelings or, or presumptions. Sharing some relevant data is always effective, I find. And then the biggest intervention, those may not be enough, to be honest. The biggest intervention is probably the relationship building. I felt so privileged to be talking to specialists and hearing their input about this bigger picture question of the way they interface with primary care. And so we wound up starting, a, this is an incredibly low-tech intervention, but it's perhaps been the most powerful thing. We started a series of what we call case co-management roundtable sessions, where we invite specialists from one specialty and I'll invite all of primary care, and we talk about the bread and butter stuff that we co-manage. Not the latest and greatest in electrophysiology, it's, it's asthma, it's, we talk about back pain, we talk about fibromyalgia with the rheumatologist, and people come away from those conferences with a couple things you would expect, some more clinical knowledge about those lower complexity problems, a better idea of when to refer, what they can do, some additional information about taking the workup and management a little bit farther, broadening their skill set. But what really happens is what Ralph Gonzalez and Bobby Barron call breaking bread. We used to do this in, when we all ran into each other in the stairwell. But now we're just virtual, you know, name on, on an EHR, and it's very powerful. You see specialists saying, "Oh, you're Dr. Smith," you're, and and hearing a higher level of PCP expertise than maybe was expected. There's a lot of assumptions I think that are just uh, are broken down with those person-to-person -person interfaces. So we're recommending that sites do do that, and I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm completely out. Of, I'm over time, so. Um, but you, I just want to leave with um, the general request that um, all of us take these, where, where there's influence, that um, we help these teams out with making this intervention address this bigger question. Sorry, UCSF team, I'm happy to take questions. <laughs>